In all his dreams, he hunted her. Sometimes through the new green meadows of spring, but usually through the ice fields, dodging boulders and crevasses with unerring steps. Always he chased, and always he caught her. In the good dreams, he slammed her to the ground and throttled her, watching the life drain from her eyes, heart full of vengeance, finally, finally. In the bad dreams, he kissed her. Gosh dang it, I'm such a Nina Matthias I know you I are. That's so <laughs> so why I picked that quote. I'm Jordy. I'm M. This is Two Mourners. One book club. Why am I talking so loud? That I don't think like, you are. <laughs> that was a little bit like yelling. Um, welcome back to our podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have any more of an intro than that. That's, no, that's, yeah. we're good. All right. So we will go ahead and get started with chapter six of Six of Crows. Wow. Look wow. At that. wow. Numbers are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, so if we remember, we left off in the last chapter... Uh, where Kaz went to go get Nina, and he told her that they were going to go get Matthias Helvar out of Hellgate. And um, Nina's told Kaz that he's going to want his revenge. Revenge for what? We don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. So chapter six starts, and we are in Nina's point of view. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like we should do that anytime it's Nina's point of view. That's very, very Just a little like... Very demanding. Um, So the chapter starts with a nervous Nina, Kaz, and Muzzin, who is a member of the Dregs, and they are in a rowboat on the way to Terangel. We'll go with that. Sure. Um, And Terangel is a tiny island outside of Kerch, the country that they're currently in, and they're headed there to go to Hellgate, which is a prison, um, to get Matthias. And so Hellgate can be akin to Alcatraz, I would say. I would say so. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they are headed to Hellgate to get Matthias out of prison. Um, and as they're rowing along, Nina describes the scene. And it just is a really great description mm-hmm. um, to, well, I'll just say this. Lee Bardugo does a fantastic job describing not only the characters, but also um, the surroundings. So you really are immersed in what is happening. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it says fog lay over the water, damp and curling, so you can Ooh. really see that it is rolling in, um, but not the shadow darkness of the dark. No, just fog. Different. Just, just fog. This is all natural. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it carried the smell of tar and machinery from the shipyards on Imperium. On something else, the sweet stink of burning bodies from the Reaper's Barge, where Ketterdam disposed Ooh. of the dead who couldn't afford to be buried in the cemeteries outside of the city. Man. So you really just kind of get how gross and yes. dark. Very industrial. Yes. Like, icky. Yeah. Again, we're just going to use... I think icky, icky is, is a good word for a lot of really things happening here. Um, and so they are rowing along. They're in a rowboat, rowing um, to to the island. <laughs> That's what happens. Um, <laughs> sorry, this is off to an interesting start. You're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, and so as they're going along, um, they're again planning to break Matthias out of prison. And Nina wonders why they need costumes because at this point, all three of them are dressed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all wearing them. Hers includes a veil. Um, and Kaz and Muzzins include a mask um, mm-hmm. to hide each of their faces. And Excuse as Nina was going to ask why they're in costumes, she realized that there are other boats in the water around them. 
Because, again, she thought they were by themselves because it's mm-hmm. dark. It's really foggy. Can't really she, see. Her brain is like, this is a jailbreak. Mm-hmm. So we're going in, like, under, like, incognito. Eh, kind of. Not really. It's like they are incognito, but. But, <laughs> but there's more happening. Um, and so as she was going to ask why they were in costumes, she realized that there are other boats and everyone in the boats um, was wearing a costume. And so we also find that Kaz did not tell her any specifics. Are of we the shocked? Plan. No. No. He literally told her, get in the boat. (laughs) And she was so desperate to get Matthias out of prison that she did what Uh, Cass said. Because she just... uh, She's a simp. I mean, they both are. In the best possible way. They both are, though. Yes. Let's let's be real. (laughs) And so she really wanted to get him out of prison. So she was like, okay, I'm just going to go along with what Cass says. Mm -hmm. And so as they get to shore... Two members of the Dime Lions, which is a rival club run by Pekka Rollins, um, they pull their boat onto the sand. And we know that they're the Dime Lions based on their tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we remember what Kaz's tattoo yeah. of the dregs was. It was the crow in the cup. Um, and the Dime Lions is a cat in the crown. Hmm. So they really just... What about the cat in the cradle and the silver spoon? <laughs> and who has little boy blue and the man in the moon? No. You know what? That's the, that's the next one. We'll get to them. I'm kidding. There's no... no. When they come coming home, they don't know when. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like the gang symbols. Like, that's kind of how they everyone is identified in in Ketterdam that we know of and the Kirch mm-hmm. at large, really, is by their tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so the Dime Lions pull a boat um, onto the sand. They don't, you know, know that it's Kaz or try to cause any trouble there, but um, they pull them onto the sand, they get out of the boat, and they head into a what's noted as a surprisingly clean kitchen, um, mm-hmm. and they go down an entryway into another tower, and then Inej comes out of nowhere, <laughs> and then Nina's like, what? Inej ex machina, just always. <laughs> um, Nina's like, where did you come from? Like, what? what in the world? And Inej casually tells her that she just got on a barge earlier and and, and has been hanging hell- out. Yeah, <laughs> like, just been just vibing yes. at Hellgate at the prison. <laughs> There's a missing Inej chapter of her just like <laughs> reading a book in the rafters, like <sighs> checking her watch. Like, oh, still another three hours. And Nina's kind of like, wait, you can get to Hellgate because she had tried to get to Hellgate before to get Matthias out to see him, but no one would take her there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a little um, miffed, I would say. And so she tries to ask more questions, but Kaz shushes her, <laughs> and they continue um, through to the older-looking tower. Um, so, again, Hellgate's a prison, kind of like Alcatraz, just yeah. desolate towers in the, in the middle of an island. Mm-hmm. And so there's a newer portion, and there's an older portion. And so they go through what is looking um, towards the older tower, mm-hmm. and they walk down a long, and I described it as a menacing spiral staircase. Yeah, I would say so. Because uh, Nina says that she doesn't know when it's going to end. She would hate to take a tumble down the stairs. Yeah. Which I would anyway. Um, I know, it's never, I never see a pair of stairs. A pair of stairs? I never see any stairs <laughs> that I look at. I'm like, mm, now those would be fun to fall down. It's just, it's a, it's a sliding scale that starts at not fun to fall down and like, Super not at like, I really down. hope I don't fall down those. And she is at that last Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like, ooh, these are, as far as stairs go, these suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they're going down the staircase and uh, she kind of asks, like, where are they? And Kaz tells them that it's the old part of the prison where they keep the worst of the inmates. And so they continue through the old prison and eventually are led to a Dime Lions guard. 
um, and they let them in, and they're led into the old tower that has been converted into an amphitheater, and a crowd of people are there in costumes. So, hmm. again, Mina thought that they were just going to go break Matthias out of prison, um, and they that they were going to be the only ones there, but she got there, like, and they're literal, they're in an it amphitheater. Goes so much deeper. There are so many people there. And um, the amphitheater was cut out of the old tower, and it's described, uh, Nina describes it as, it was like standing in the hollowed-out trunk of a massive tree, something long dead and howling with echoes. Ooh. So, uh, it's just so, so like, good. the description. It's, it's like you're there. It really is. But it, you just get an idea of not only the landscape, but how how they feel in it. Yes. Everything is, an emotional, is emotionally charged. And that's, like, the benefit of Third Person Limited mm-hmm. and of... Lee Bardugo's writing style is that it's nothing is neutral about the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get a de- more of a description of the theater, but just kind of think of it as a hollowed out tower, um, yeah. amphitheater, not a prison. Um. <laughs> no, it's like if, like, <laughs> it's going to sound so crude, but it's like if like the Coliseum was at the bottom of a paper towel roll and like you could look down in there and see it. Just scale that up. And so that's you, it. You said that, and I'm like, Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. I don't think this is what dreams are made of. This is, in fact, what dreams no, are not No, no. Literally These earlier. are not the dreams that Matthias is having. <laughs> no. Earlier in this chapter, Nina is, like, reflecting on when she, like, paid somebody to take her close to the island. Mm-hmm. And the dude that she paid was like, yeah, sharks are mean in these waters. They're full of convict blood. So I don't think dreams are made here. <laughs> like, this is where dreams go to die. Yeah. I know, I know. This is a prison. (laughs) (laughs) It's really bad. So, anyway, we continue, and we get a description of the theater, um, and it's actually a fighting arena. Um, And so Nina's still kind of taking in her surroundings, and then a young man draped in a lion skin cape yells, Spin the wheel! Um, Not like Wheel of Fortune. Not fun, again. This is is not the Wheel of Fortune. This is the Wheel of, oh, no. Of misfortune. That's a better way to put it. Not the Wheel of, oh, no. (laughs) That might be the chapter title. Um, The Wheel of, oh, no. And so when that guy yells, spin the wheel, a prisoner spins it, and it lands on something. We're not quite sure what it lands on. Um, And then as soon as it does, the guy in the cape and a prison guard get out of the pit. Um, and the out prisoner. of the pit, out of the pit. Um, Sorry, we were listening to old children's songs like from like PBS TV <laughs> before recording today, so that's gonna come. That's where our brains are. Yeah. Um, and so the guy in the cape and the prison guard get out of the pit, and the prisoner picks up a like a dull looking knife mm-hmm. on a table of different weapons that he could choose from. Uh, and so he. Um, the prisoner moves away from the tunnel that is in, like, the pit area. And then this, I wrote it down as this, a freaky kind of mutant lizard. Yeah, <laughs> reading this, out. I was literally trying to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be something like a monitor lizard or like a Komodo dragon. Because mm-hmm. they have that white crust. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so this freaky kind of mutant lizard <laughs> comes out. And um, goes to attack the prisoner. And so after a short tussle, the lizard has the prisoner pinned um, and essentially kills him. Mm-hmm. And Nina, still no clue what's going on. She asks Kaz, what is happening? What's going on? And Kaz explains that this is the what is called the Hell Show at Hellgate. To the point. 
Um, and it was proposed to the merchant council by Pekka Rollins. And Nina's shocked. She's like, it was approved. And yeah, because Nina's like a, a Ravkin patriot. So she's mm-hmm. like, I trust my government. I love my government. It's great mm-hmm. for me. And she's like, the merchant council knows about this? Because there's money to be made. Mm-hmm. Kaz says, of course they approved it because there is money to be made. Um, and so Nina then, um, when he says Pekka's name, Nina knows who, who Pekka is. And we get a flashback on how she came um, to be in with the dregs because she mm-hmm. is a part of the dregs. And so um, what happened was we, again, we're flashing back. And she is in Ketterdam, not really sure um, what to do. And we find mm-hmm. out that it was a year prior to what is happening now. Mm-hmm. And so she, it, she'd she been friendless, penniless, and far from home. And so she was trying to get Matthias out of prison. So she was in the Kirch courts mm-hmm. trying to free him. We don't know how he got there yet. Um, but she was just kind of desperate. Um, and But she couldn't leave Matthias. And so she was looking around, and it says that there were rumors of a Grisha Korporalki in Ketterdam. Because remember, she is a Grisha Korporalki, so mm-hmm. she um, is a heart render. Can calm calm people, do all the all that jazz. She can slightly tailor people, but not mm-hmm. super great. Um, and so uh, there was like a rumor that there was a new Grisha Korporalki in Ketterdam, and Pekka Rollins' men... Um, had been waiting for her one day, and they promised her safety and a place to stay. So they took her to the Emerald Palace, and Pekka himself had tried to get Nina to join the Dime Lions and offered to set her up, and she had been really close to saying yes. Um, but that night, while she was staying in the Emerald Palace, Inej crawled through her window on the top <laughs> floor of the Emerald Palace. They put her yes. there so um, people couldn't get to her, but Inej could. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a proposal from Kaz Brecker. And so the proposal is described as more favorable than those offered by Peck and the Dime Lions. So Kaz mm-hmm. is a fair boss. He might be a thief, but he's fair to his employees. Yes. So good for him. <laughs> and Nina says that she might actually be able to pay off this contract if she was smart with her money, whereas with the Dime mm-hmm. Lions, she would never be able to pay it off. Yeah. Um, and so Nina kind of asks um, what asks Zanej in this point. She's like, what mm-hmm. can you tell me about Per Haskell? What can you tell me about Kaz Brecker? Mm-hmm. And Zanej describes Kaz to Nina as a liar, a thief, and utterly without conscience. But he'll keep you, he'll keep to any deal you strike with him. So yeah. the deal's the deal to Kaz. Yeah. Which, I think earlier when we were talking about the kitchen being really clean, we get like a, a glimpse, because I know that Ketterdam doesn't seem like it on the, on the outset yet, and we're going to get more into the world building. But um, to them... Work is akin to prayer. Mm-hmm. So, like, keeping things orderly, making money, it goes in with the state religion. Like, cleanliness is close to godliness, but, like, yes. to the umpteenth level. Yes, like, crazy. Like, one of their gods is named Gezen. I always pronounced it as Gizen. But I, I have, could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in season two how maybe, it's supposed to be maybe. pronounced. Lee? That, Bardugo? Ms. That Bardugo? Be, that would be incredible. <laughs> um, is the god of industry, and so that's... Like, a cultural explanation for why the Kirch are the way they are, because it's part of their religion to make money and keep things nice. So, um, yeah. All that to say, Kaz is not going to charge her crazy interest, mm-hmm. and so he was the lesser of two evils when looking at her prospects. So again, and she could have gone home, mm-hmm. but she didn't. She could have gone home to Ravka, but she did not want to leave Matthias there. The council said, we'll send you back home. 
And she said, no, thank no, you. No, thanks. Um, so she agreed to join the dregs um, and work out of the White Rose, which is where in the last chapter Kaz went to go get her. And we actually find that less than two days later, a girl died where she was supposed to be working um, for mm-hmm. Pekka Rollins. So she made the better deal. Um, so good good for her. Uh, <laughs> but she trusted Inej. Um, and so that's kind of, you, we start to see their friendship, which which is yeah. also pretty constant. Like throughout. Nina recognized Inej even though she was in costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back to present day. Uh, we're back in the arena, and the guards move the lizard back to its cage. Yeah. Towards the tunnel, its cage. It's gone. It's gone. Um, and Nina and Kaz go back and forth mm-hmm. about what's happening, um, and we find that the prisoners actually sign up for a chance to compete um, at the health show in order to get better, better living conditions. And mm-hmm. so they either die fighting or they live and get you know it's it's like you know you'll get an extra cigarette or you'll get to like have somebody visit you in your cell or you'll get better food or the first pick of duties and stuff like that not super great no but better than death and better than the conditions than that just living hanging in out the there prison. yeah um and so she realizes that matthias is one of them because she's kind of she was still confused why they were there why are we here and she realizes that Matthias is one of them. And so she restlessly sits through a few more of the battles. Um, and then Matthias enters the arena. And she recognizes him, but notes that he looks so different. And then we get a little bit of a background into who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just like, oh, Matthias Helvar. Who? Whomst? Whomst is well, that? We don't know. Um, and so... It says that every night the past year, she had fallen asleep thinking of Matthias's face. So she knew that it was him, um, but that she notes that he was mm-hmm. a lot different. Uh, it says in another life, she might have believed he was coming to rescue her, a shining savior with golden hair and eyes, the pale blue of northern glaciers. Um, <sighs> it's so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but we also find that Matthias Helvar was a Druskela. Um, so a feared and witch hunter tasked with hunting down Grisha. So he and Nina should be mortal enemies, mm-hmm. which they kind of are right now because we don't really know what happened. Yeah. Um, but uh, she says it, it's described that he looks like what he truly was, a killer. So she says that he looks like a Druskela. Um, but um, I will note, Jordan and I were talking about this before mm-hmm. we started recording, that the way the characters are described in the book not only do we get a physical description because yes we know that he has golden hair and eyes pale blue of northern glaciers mm-hmm. um that his bare torso seemed hewn from steel and though she knew it wasn't possible he seemed bigger um so we get his physical description but because nina is describing it we also get who he is almost as a person to her to her and mm-hmm. we get that previously as well when uh lee bardugo was describing has a smile is bitter like black coffee and Mm -hmm. that also describes him as a person yes and then nina at the what what was it at the um the white rose no at the the ship oh yeah like she's um the figurehead of a ship carved Mm -hmm. by a generous hand and so that is also a really great description of nina because she commands every room that she's in and people also gravitate towards her and she can flirt with anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the descriptions are very well written in that we get the sense of not only what they look like, but who they are as individuals. Yes. So. So good. 
it's just so I I was sitting in in my apartment earlier and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like she uh, did again. She did it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. And so um, now back in the arena, so we know who Matthias is. We know what he looks like, so we can imagine the fight in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthias spins the wheel. And when it stops, Nina. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Nina grabs Kaz and tells him that they have to stop it, and he's yes. like, "Let go of me!" Uh, yeah, because he doesn't do touch. Yes, um, and he tells Nina that if Matthias lives through the battle, then they'll get him out. But that's up to him. So he's kind of he's being a little bit of an ass right now. Yeah. Um, his his personal bubble got popped, and so now he's gonna be mean. Which I which is fair. I honestly, it. someone touched my hands. <laughs> We're done. Maybe I need to be like Kaz and just wear just gloves. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, so uh, Kaz is telling her, you know what, like, there's nothing we can do now, but just wait. And Nina is saying that, no, no, you, like, don't, you don't understand. Get it. You don't understand what, what is happening. And so back in the arena, um, we don't know what quite Matthias spin to, but mm-hmm. when it stopped, he, he didn't move. The guard and the guy in the cape left the pit of the arena and he's still not moving and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. wolves come at him Ugh. um and you might be wondering oh my gosh why is that important we'll get to that in just a second <laughs> <laughs> um and so a few wolves i think it's three wolves come yes, at him it's three and he's still not moving they're coming at him they're coming at him and at the last second he kind of kneels and ducks um and knocks the first one wolf into the dirt and he picks up a knife that mm-hmm. one of the last prisoners left in the arena and so, he, although he's reluctant to do so, Matthias fights the wolves. Mm-hmm. But we find that he's reluctant to do so because wolves are sacred to the Druskela. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone he heals, he's he's having... A, it's costing him. It's costing him internally. Yes. Um, he's already in prison. He's already lost a lot. And then wolves, which are sacred to him, sacred to what he stands for, he's having to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he kills the last one, he buries his face in its fur and mumbles something. We don't know what it is, but Nina notes it. And Nina's standing mm-hmm. in disbelief because she knows what wolves mean to the, to the Druskela. Um, yeah, because Nina's like, almost like a cultural anthropologist at times. And that's part of her job for the Ravkins, which we will find out later. But it's her job to know all about different places, different cultures, and different customs. And so she knows intimately what this means to him, but she's still not the one experiencing it. So. She's also a polyglot because she knows yes, a lot of different so languages. Yes, so many languages. I wish, if I could like have one skill, that would probably be it. I know. I think it'd be, be so, so cool. great to learn different languages. Anyway, um, so he's having a hard time, and the crowd is cheering. They're like, oh my gosh, he, he did it, and he's meanwhile like this is the worst night of my life yeah and And i've had some bad nights (laughs) and so even though the wolf is dead matthias is still kind of holding on to it with his face buried and then the announcer comes back and pulls matthias off the wolf Mm -hmm. and nina can see the tear streaks on his face because he's like Mm. has dirt on him because he's in a nasty prison um so she can see that he was crying uh and she thinks that this is all her fault that mm-hmm. how the, the reason he had to kill them was because of her, that she's she's feeling a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they usher Matthias back to a cell, um, or out of the arena, yes. presumably back to a cell, which is where he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they watch a few more fights, and um, Nina's still waiting there, like, 
we gotta go. We gotta go. I we have to help him. Like I don't know what to do. Yes. And Cass is like literally just be patient. Just hold he's on. like I have a plan. I got you this far. He's like I have a plan. I'm not gonna tell you the plan, but I have one, and I know it's gonna work. Trust me. <laughs> she he has given her zero reason to trust him. No, but, but he's also every time he plans something, it works. But he's correct. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get I guess. Um, and then eventually Kaz says, "Okay, now it's time to go." Um, and so. To set the plan in motion, Nina has to knock one of the, the guard that is kind of mm-hmm. watching where they entered. She has to knock him out with her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she can slow the heart, and she asks Kaz, how bad do you want it? And he's like, eh, just just, just get him out. Like, yeah. you don't need to kill him, um, but knock him out and don't actually hurt him. And so she um, knocks him out, and as he's, almost as he's falling, <laughs> um, they grab, um, Inej and mm-hmm. Muzzin are also there, again, remember. Yeah. So Muzzin, like, grabs the guard, uh, Kaz takes off his cloak, Inej puts the cloak around the guard, and we find that underneath <laughs> the cloak, Kaz was wearing a prison guard uniform just, the whole just time. Just casually. Um, so, again, we see, we get a sense that Kaz is planning, he plans every minute detail, mm-hmm. and... He doesn't tell anyone because if he tells someone, it, it could potentially ruin the plan. It's just better. The the fewer people who know, the better. Because he only trusts himself. Correct. And Which, an edge. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and even that's a little... Well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Ambiguous noises of agreement. <laughs> um, and so they, like wrap the guard in the cloak and, like, toss him yes. to the side. Put the mask on him. And then Muzzin has, is holding him up like he's his buddy who yeah. had drank too much. <laughs> Dang. Um, so they had this, a great plan. And Nina is just sitting there like, what? <laughs> um, and so <laughs> they make their way through the prison. No one's questioning them because although they had to be, they have to be escorted by a prison guard in Hellgate, it looks like Kaz is one. Mm-hmm. So no one's saying anything. And they make their way through the prison cells, um, Really quick, Nina's like, why'd you have that? And he's like, Nina, get real. I have copies of costumes for the Stodwatch, the Harbor Police, and the livery of every single merch mansion. He just has those. I'm just imagining, (laughs) like, like, um, uh, in Stardust, the Mm -hmm. captain's closet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kaz actually has that. (laughs) I'm thinking of, um, of... Steed's closet in our Black well, Queen's Den. It's the same yes, thing. It's, it's the, the same, same cost. It's the same concept. It's the secret closet just full of costumes. Like, Surprise! <laughs> no way. Um, except Kaz would never do that. He no. probably just has like a, a trunk hidden somewhere. It's like he probably has multiple like bug out crates yeah. <laughs> at different intervals. Um, so anyway, they're making their way through the prison. <laughs> Um, and to the cells where the fighters are kept after they fight. So they're kind of kept separately so they can sleep off the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as they get to the correct cell, Kaz easily picks the lock on Matthias's cell. Like two like seconds. Nothing. And they're in it. If anyone was watching, you would almost think that he was just using a key. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's a good way to put it. As, as they go in, Nina kind of wants to go to Matthias, but Kaz tells her, to let Inej assess the damage mm-hmm. because she needs to work on Muzzin. And he's like, what do you mean like, I need to work on Muzzin? Um, and so we find that Kaz's plan is that... I keep saying we find. Because um, it's true. <laughs> we be finding. Yeah. Um, so we find that uh, with Kaz's plan, Nina's supposed to tailor Muzzin 
to make him look like Matthias because they're about the same height and build. Um, but she, she uh, Nina tells them that she's not that good of a tailor. She can do mm-hmm. basic things, but she can't make him look like Matthias. And Kaz tells her, well, you also, it's going to be easier because you need to make it look like he has fire pot, fire pox. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, strain that is carried by wolves. Mm-hmm. Convenient because Matthias was bitten by a wolf mm-hmm. near minutes before. I don't know how long it was. Um, and so with firepox, they're essentially so swollen you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, no one would be able to tell if it was actually Matthias or not. And they'll quarantine him, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And they, he would be kept away long enough for them to get out of Ketterdam um, or out of Hellgate, whatever their plan is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know agrees and so she starts to do it and Kaz is rushing her um but she's able to um make Muzzin look enough like Matthias Mm -hmm. and so she then moves to heal Matthias but also to wake him up because after the fight because he was so injured the medics gave him a a sleeping drug essentially just so he would be knocked out and so as she's waking him up um she kisses she she's trying to wake him up and she kisses his temple and she's saying, Matthias. And he responds, Nina. And she's, like, <laughs> kind of crying at this point yes. because it's the first time in a year that she's seen him. And he caresses her face. But then he realizes that it's her. And he has her pinned to the <laughs> ground and his hands go around her throat. And he starts trying to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, uh, oh, my gosh. Matthias. And this <laughs> is the end of part one, Shadow Business. And we go next into part two. Servant and lever. Or lever. Um, So, chapter six ended not like anyone thought it was (laughs) going to, and definitely not like Nina won. Especially after watching the show, I was like, oh my gosh, there go Kith. And then he's like, (laughs) he's like literally trying to choke her to death. So, not super great. And then, chapter seven starts. Uh. And it's Matthias' uh, point of view. I love his point of view chapters, honestly. It's They're so, so good. good. And so this is the where the quote that Jordan read at the beginning came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't read the first two sentences. Um, and it's the chapter starts with, Matthias was dreaming again. Dreaming of her. Mi corazón, my heart. He is playing jump rope with the line that separates love from hate. He's very, he is. That is a very he's, thin line. He's literally hopscotching that. Like he doesn't know. He doesn't. He's he's got so much going on. But if we remember, um, the in the good dreams he's killing her, in the bad and dreams, in the bad he's ones kissing he's kissing her. Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, buddy. <laughs> Simp. <laughs> <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. Um. So he's dreaming of her, and with his internal monologue, um. It says, after everything she'd done, some sick part of him still hungered after her. It was too much. Be still, my I, heart. I swoon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, I am so alone. No. <laughs> it's just, no. It's fine. Um, but it's just like, you can see how much he cares for her, but how much he doesn't want to. Um, and so... He thinks that as Nina's waking him up that it's a dream and that it's an especially bad dream because he can actually see what she's wearing and he can smell her. And he's like, he cusses a little bit. He uses his God's name in vain. Like, damn, she smells good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then as he's still thinking it's a dream, he feels all the pain from the fight 
and realizes that Nina's actually there and that Mm -hmm. she's actually, she's crying. She's in front of him. And in his mind, he's thinking that she has no right to pity. She has no right to Mm -hmm. cry um, because there's some betrayal there. We don't quite know what happened yet. And so he, again, pins her to the ground and calls her a witch. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a great way to, um, you know, greet your love, your alleged love, your hopeful love after your, your nemesis <laughs> in parentheses romantically <laughs> you're yeah <laughs> like. um and so he's choking her and someone tells him to stop and puts a gun to his head and it i say someone because matthias doesn't, he doesn't know the only person he knows in the room is nina oh, right now can you he said beg me beg me for your life Oof. um okay <laughs> But he for real is trying to kill her. This isn't like, con- this isn't consensual. Um, so <laughs> good. We got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, someone tells him to stop and puts a gun to his head and tells, um, and Matthias tells them to shoot him because he's, mm. he's like, go ahead and shoot me. Um, <laughs> he and didn't it, do it. Gosh. <laughs> you won't. You won't. His internal monologue. Though, I know. I have like, it highlighted. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, like, ugh. His internal monologue, he's thinking traitor, witch, abomination. All those words came to him, but others crowded into beautiful, ugh. charmed one, Rod Fetla. He called her little, red, little bird. red bird for the color of her oh Grisha gosh. order. And remember, he's a Druskella, so he's supposed to be a ugh. witch hunter. But his nickname for her is Little Red Bird. I just... I swoon. I swoon. It's so good. And it just like reading that again broke my heart. I know. Because he's literally strangling her, trying to kill her, but, but he, he's still he's so in love with her. He's afraid yes. of the feelings he has for it's her. It's true. It's true. He He's deconstructing his whole upbringing. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't even started that process he, yet. He really hasn't. He's going through it. He really is. He's been in prison for a year. Just we're gonna I don't, him- When he even says, like, he, he just figured out how to survive here. Just mm-hmm. figured out how to eke it through. And now this again. And he's, like, back to square one. But that is just so sweet. He's, like, in his mind thinking all these bad things mm-hmm. about Nina, but also... Well, and I, I read this somewhere. Um, I can't remember where. It might have been a Twitter post, honestly, which is not the best source of content. But... I read somewhere that someone said, like, the first thing you think, like, your your initial thought is, like, what society, like, what you've been mm-hmm. conditioned to think, and your second thought that comes to you is your true thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, knee-jerk, like, traitor, witch, abomination, but then the true self is, like, I'm in love with her. Once again, me corazón. Oh, my heart. Um, and so um, he is still choking her, and... He tells whoever has the gun to him to shoot him. And then all of a sudden he feels a pain in his arm and it goes numb. (laughs) (laughs) And Kaz actually hit him with his cane and tells him to get it together because Mm -hmm. they're getting him out of Hellgate. Uh, And Matthias can't believe they're getting him out. And Kaz says that they'll be too... um, Or Matthias can't believe that they're going to get him out because it's impossible to get out of Hellgate. Mm -hmm. And Cass says that they'll be too busy to worry about him because something else is going to happen. And all of a sudden, we hear screaming. (laughs) Literally an elephant. (laughs) There's like jungle noises. (laughs) Um, And again, remember that Matthias has been in here for a year, hasn't seen Nina, doesn't know who these people in his cell are. And um, he just woke up from being drugged after a big fight where he had to kill something that is sacred to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, this can't be real. 
So I understand why he doesn't think it's actually happening. I understand why he thinks yeah. it's a dream because in all because it's the truth is stranger than fiction for yeah. him right now. <laughs> um, and so once we hear the screaming, we we um, are we find out that Kaz um, had all the cages of the animals opened. And at this point, Cass says, Jesper was supposed to wait till three bells. And Inez reminds him, it is three bells, but mm-hmm. he, he, Cass notes, Jesper's always late. Why did he have to be on time for once? <laughs> Which is so funny. And again, you get yes. more of an in-depth into the kind of person Jesper is, mm-hmm. the kind of person Kaz is by anticipating him to be late, and the kind of person Inez is by saying, it is three bells. Mm-hmm. He can do his job. <laughs> it's true. And so... Um, Matthias still thinks it's a dream. He calls Kaz a demon. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but he takes Kaz's gloved hand and they head out into the chaos. Um, which again, you know what? Maybe I really should start wearing gloves because I hate really, you know, that's not the worst idea. It isn't. Get you some like flesh tone. I know. Put some acrylic nails on top. That actually, honestly, I think that's, you know what, actually, just, just like the, even the feeling of fabric on my palms, don't love. Really? Yeah. I'll oh. wear gloves if it's cold, but like, just the idea of like, like cotton huh. gloves. Ugh. Ooh. Icky. But you like having your nails done. I do. That's the top of my hand. That's true. I say palm. You don't have as much feeling in your nails. Um, so anyway, back to, <laughs> back to Kaz's problems, not mine. <laughs> Kaz also has nail problems. <laughs> Um, I have no reason to... He's got the freshest set under those gloves. Like... <laughs> Here's the thing. I have no reason to not like the touching of my palms. Kaz does have a reason. That's true. He has a very good um, reason. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Matthias takes Kaz's hand and they go out into the chaos. And there's people running everywhere. And Matthias thinks they're going to head towards everyone. And Kaz is like, no, you idiot. You dumb. You would... Boys like you weren't meant to get ideas. It's like, you asshole. You I, love, so... I love Kaz, but he's so mean. Yeah. He's so catty. Um, and so they head in the opposite direction of where all the people are running to. And so they eventually make it back to the arena um, where the fight was. And all the animals are loose. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And as they're walking through the tunnel, the lizard from earlier comes is coming at them. And Matthias is almost thinking like, oh, like he still can't move his arm. But he's, he's kind of mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I don't like this is not going to be good. Um, and before he can like even think anyone can make a move, Inej jumped over and had it dead mm-hmm. um, before anyone could react. And Matthias thinks you've never seen a fighter survive that animal until now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't even know her. And again, we're getting a sense of who she is, how agile she is. And he, and we're getting a sense of Matthias. He is a soldier. He's categorizing each threat mm-hmm. as he's oh. watching them. Oh, I didn't catch that, but yeah, that's good. Um, and so they're continuing down the tunnel. They pass cages. They pass animals, but no other ones try to attack them. Uh, they probably saw the lizard, and they're like, mm, you know what? Yeah. You know what? We're going to go with God on this one. <laughs> you know what? They can go. They can go. Have fun. Have Actually, fun. We're fine. <laughs> um, and so they eventually go, they keep going down the tunnels, and Matthias notes that this is as far farther than he's ever been allowed to go. And eventually they make it out to the sea where Jesper is waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kaz gets mad at Jesper for being on time. <laughs> he's like, you were early. He's like, I was on time. <laughs> he's like, but you're always late. And then Nina thanks him, and Jesper responds with, you're very welcome, gorgeous. 
and again you get a sense of their personalities Mm -hmm. jesper and nina are kind of like kindred spirits um yes they're both chaotic (laughs) (laughs) they're chaotic good yes they are freaking what is their name they are treat yourself yes yes donna and um i can't remember aziz ansari's character's name right now um what is oh my it? Gosh. Uh, Tom. Yes, they, they are, are Donna, Donna and Tom. Tom. They totally are. Mimosas. <laughs> Fine leather goods. Massages. <laughs> yes. But actually, um, that's really good a description of them. And so they they both flirt with anything and anyone. Like they and, flirt because it's fun, not because they're looking for results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so until they are. Yeah. So well. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get um, there. And so while they talk, uh, Matthias realizes that he's starting to gain feeling in his arm again, and he's trying to come up with a plan to get away from them. He knows that there's mm-hmm. more of them than there are of him, but really, how how bad could it be? He knows he can at least get someone and, like, start. And as he goes for a niche, she, like, real easy sidesteps him. Yes. And then hooks his foot and knocks him to the ground. Yes. It looks, she was expecting it, but it's like she didn't even have to try. No. And as he fell, Nina tries to help him, but he jumps back. Like, it says he jumps back almost into the water. Yes, like, ugh, don't touch me. You uh, witch. I love you. <laughs> don't touch me, leave me alone. <laughs> that is my least favorite line in Les Mis. Um, <laughs> anyway. I couldn't even place it as Les Mis. I understand. Um, and so... I love Anesha. Mm, clumsy, this one. <laughs> like, he didn't just think he could take her on. Um, she... Anesha's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. She... She's an empath. And so she kind of... I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think she so. is. Um, and so he refuses Nina's help. And Kaz is kind of like, oh, you're gonna be a problem. And yep. so he tells Nina to put him under... And although he protests to being put under with her powers, um, she does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mutters the words, kill you, before he goes out. <laughs> I'm just imagining him all grumpy, like, kill you. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's asleep. Um, and so we get a little bit of a jump. And um, we find that... I really keep saying we find. I don't know. That's, it's because we're finding. I just have a buzzword every episode. <laughs> I think last week it was essentially. This week is we find. I don't know. We'll see what next week is. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> and so. Email us if you want to set... <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can choose Emma's phrase for next episode. We don't have a Patreon yet. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Unless. Email us to see what you think my buzzword <laughs> next episode is going to be. <laughs> Um, Winner anyway. gets a star. Oh, I thought you were going to say Starbucks. I was like, how? No. Um, we can't afford it ourselves. I, I was just about to say, I can't get Starbucks for myself. I don't know how I'm going to get it for anybody else. Um, so Matthias wakes up and he's tied to a chair and all the other crows are in the room. Mm-hmm. And um, Matthias describes Kaz and his thoughts on Kaz. <laughs> um, and there's another... Well, let me jump to the book really quick to show mm-hmm. um, Matthias's description of Kaz. Mm-hmm. Because it's another good description, but you start to see more of the full picture of who they are as individuals with each description of the, the other, other character gives them. have for them. Exactly. So, um, he's... It says, Matthias listens silently to the strange words coming out of the pale, freakish boy's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Kaz Brecker had told him this, um, or Matthias knew monsters, and one glance at Kaz Brecker had told him this was a creature who had spent too long in the dark. Um, Oh my goodness. mm -hmm, A little dramatic, but, um, 
he, again, has the nickname for Kaz is Demon, Demjin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also get another mention of Nina's betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little bit, they're getting Matthias caught up um, on Kaz's on, plan. On the scheme. Break, yeah, on, on the heist. Mm-hmm. Um, on how Kaz's plan to break into the ice court. Um, but it also says that with this plan, Matthias would be committing treason again. Again. And you're like, oh, again, again. what do you mean? Again, mm-hmm. what happened? And so Lee Bardugo is leaving these little crumbs, little breadcrumbs, little breadcrumbs, building it up. And you're not really, you're wondering what happened, but you're not confused as to what happened. Yeah. It's, it's not something that's like going to bug you mm-hmm. in the narrative. It's something that's going to keep you reading. Mm-hmm. And so after detailing the plan, um, Matthias tells Gaz, no. <laughs> and, uh, after explaining everything, Matthias thinks that their plan is laughable mm-hmm. and that Bo Yolvayer um, will stand trial fairly in Fierda. Uh-huh, because there's such a thing as a fair trial in Fierda. Spoiler alert, there's, there's not. not. Um, so we mentioned that Nina is patriotic to Ravka in her country. Oh. Multiply that times 10 for Matthias. He is a yes. soldier through and through, and he, he has these beliefs that he that go along with his country mm-hmm. and he is just is trust in his country and its system full implicitly yeah. yes um and so he's like he, no we do things right yeah they don't no <laughs> <laughs> narrator they don't they do not um and so nothing is going to sway him but then he bargains with Kaz that he won't go with them but he'll give them enough info to get past the first checkpoint if he gets to kill Nina <laughs> My brother in Christ, you are being so <laughs> dramatic right now. So dramatic. <laughs> like, mijo. <laughs> and two wrongs don't make a right, and he knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kaz then tells him that he has something better, and uh, tells Mati- Kaz tells Matthias that he can make him Andruskela again, and has Inez show Matthias the pardon that he got um, for Matthias, saying that Nina recanted her statement and that he can he's mm-hmm. free to go, that it was a mistake, yada, yada, yada. So after a lot of cognitive dissonance about Nina and Fierda and what he should do um, and what it would all mean, he agrees to do the job. And Cass says they're going to let him go. And when they do, he better still have some manners. Mm-hmm. Cass is being a real ass. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and so Inej breaks him free. And then Cass gives an injection, introduction of everyone in the room. And we get um, to see, let me see, where is it in the book? I have it. Uh, we have the pardon. Sorry. I got, I have my notes and I have the book in front of me. Yes, so. you're good. I think it's on 117. Yes. And so um, Cass says, we're going to untie you. I hope prison hasn't robbed you of all your manners. <laughs> Come on. Um, and so uh, Matthias, or Inej um, breaks, like takes, cuts the ropes that are tying Matthias down. And he describes her as the brawn girl. Or bronze girl, mm-hmm. not brawn. Um, the bronze girl, <laughs> um, referring to her tan skin. And then, again, Kaz is like, I believe you know Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, Just twisting the knife. Yeah. Uh, the lovely girl freeing you is Inej, our thief of secrets and the best in the trade, Jesper Fahey. Right? Fahey? I would say Fahey. Fahey? Fahey? Yeah, because his dad is like, Fahey. this is... Eh. Slight spoilers, not bad, but his dad is Kalish, like Irish. Oh, that's right. Fahey? Fahey? I would say Fahey. Fahey. Jesper Fahey is our sharpshooter, Zemini born, but try not to hold it against him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Wylan, 
best demolition expert in the barrel. Okay, that cracks me up. It makes me think of this Beatles interview where they were like, how does it feel to be in a band with Ringo Starr, the best drummer in the world? And I think it's Paul McCartney goes, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Wylan, the best demolitions expert in the barrel. And it's like... And then she immediately says, Rasky is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like, by whose standards? And so they describe Wylan as um, a ruddy gold hair... The boy looked up, ruddy yeah, gold hair flopping in his Very eyes. young. Very young. And so... It just kind of goes to them giving Wylan a hard time, yes. which happens throughout the book. This poor kid can't. They really do be picking on Wylan a lot. <laughs> um, and we find that Wylan is sixteen. Even Matthias, who was like just like was thinking about leaving at like two pages ago, is planning his escape. Is like, of course he's new. He looks like he's twelve. It's like, dang, Matthias, <laughs> dang, you've been untied for all of twenty seconds, and you're already going after Wylan. Um, and so there's some more back and forth in the room, and they're giving Wylan a hard time. Um, and then Matthias also knows that he's probably the oldest of them at 18, which is true. Because that is true. So if we remember, Kaz and Inej and Jesper are all 17. All 17. Wylan is 16. Nina's 17. Yeah, Nina's 17. And Matthias is 18. So a these whole are, bunch these of These are children. They're literal children. Yes. Um... And so Inej and Jesper insist that Rasky is the best demolitions expert and they should use him instead mm-hmm. of Wylan. But Kaz says that he is their insurance policy because his name is Wylan Van Eck, <laughs> uh, son of the merchant who is going to pay them for this heist. Yep. So he has a reason and he didn't tell anyone. No, because um, why like, would he? It's just a nice little surprise. Oh, just a little surprise. Oh, guess what? I have... Um, Jan Van Eck's son, and he's a part of our crew now, so shocker! Um, <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Because, you know, he he agreed to this deal with Van Eck. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you trust him. Mm. He's going to have an insurance policy. This one's name is Wyland. <laughs> Poor Wyland. I know. God love him. <laughs> and so that is the end of Chapter 7. Um, and I don't think any of this, like, none of it's really in the show. Mm-mm. We don't get any of this. Because Wyland wasn't even in season one of Shadow and Bone. Correct. But just like the them meeting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we talked about this in the first episode. We talked about it with Shadow and Bone. But the casting Ugh. is so It's so good. good. What you read in the book, you can really see on screen. Um, a little bit of what happens later is in the show. But not yeah, right now. Not a lot. Yeah, Not right now. Um, so that is the end of chapter seven, and then on to chapter eight. So chapter eight, we get Jesper's point of view. Jesper! Um, and so Jesper, um, starts off the chapter with saying, of course you're a councilman's kid, but makes so much sense. Like, that explains everything. (laughs) Yes. And so he's a little upset that Kaz didn't tell him that Wylan is, um, Jan Benek's son. And he's also a little jealous that Inej knew the secret, um, and mm-hmm. he didn't. And so you get the sense that Kaz tells Inej everything. Inej knows everything because she is the pocket of yes. information, but Kaz also tells her more than he tells anyone else. Mm-hmm. And Jesper's kind of like, no, but you're my best friend. Like, I know. Poor guy. <laughs> and so... Um, He's kind of feeling a little bit jealous and sad about it, but he's he's more so enjoying watching Wylan squirm. Uh, <laughs> and Wylan tells Kaz, he asks so, Kaz, "You knew?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
buddy. <laughs> Mijito, no. Oh. <laughs> and Kaz. Oh, buddy. <laughs> this poor kid. I know. I love Wylan, honestly. I know. And uh, Kaz tells him that that's why they kept him on. And that he's okay at demo, but he's a really great <laughs> He's hostage. excellent at hostage. <laughs> uh. um, and then after some back and forth with Jesper, Wylan asks um, if he has a say in this. Because mm-hmm. he realizes the only reason he's been tasked with this job is because he's Jan Benek's son. Yeah. Um, and uh, so after he asks that, <laughs> this is, I'm just going to read it from the book because we get, it's a conversation um, between Kaz and Wylan, and Kaz asks him, ever had your pocket picked, Wylan? I, n- not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Been mugged in an alley? No. no. <laughs> Hung over the side of a bridge with your head in a canal? Wylan blinked. No, b- but ever beaten until you can't walk? No. Yes. And why do you think that is? <laughs> and so um, we find that it has been three months since... Uh, mm-hmm. Wylan left his dad's house or his dad's mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wylan's like, I, I just, I'm just lucky, I guess. <laughs> and Jesper can't handle that. <laughs> He's like, you stupid. <laughs> um, and we find out that Kaz has actually been protecting Wylan this whole time mm-hmm. and saving him. So like nothing terribly awful has happened to Wylan mm-hmm. while he's been in the streets. Uh, and everyone else in the room is like, oh, now it makes sense why we kept him on. Mm-hmm. That, they, because they see him as a little kid who is okay, but can't really, isn't the best. And yeah. And Kaz only finds the best at what he does. So they're like, oh, this, this makes checks sense. checks out. Poor Wylan. <laughs> and Wylan's like, I thought we were friends. What is he I made us these friendship bracelets. <laughs> Um, and then Jesper asks Wyland why he left his dad's, and Wyland doesn't give a straight answer. Um, but then he does say that he's been to the ice court before and can help with the plans. And mm-hmm. Kaz is like, I told you. See, See I'm correct. I'm always right. Uh, always. <laughs> um, and Kaz tells Wyland um, to pull out his sketchbook and s- to start working with Mat- Matthias to make a sketch of the ice court. And this way Wyland can keep Matthias. Um, um, yeah. Truthful, honest. Yeah. And Jesper, every chance he gets, gives a little jab at Wyland. Oh, every chance. He makes fun of his pins. He makes fun of, like, he's like, I bet you play the piano, too. And he's like, I play the flute. <laughs> like, this poor just, kid. He calls him Merchling. This poor kid. Like, but you know what? Is it bullying or is it flirting? The answer is yes. <laughs> it is both. This is not that I would ever condone even a child bullying someone they had a crush on because that is not okay. It's Mm-mm. not boys will be boys. It's not girls will be girls. It's talk about how you feel. Yes. In this instance. In this. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> this is the one instance. This is the exception that proves the rule. Yes. Um, and uh, Jesper is like, eh, teasing him. And Wyland's like, I just, I thought we were friends. I'm, I, I'm just I'm doing just what gonna, I can. I'm just going to do my best. They're real cute. Um, <laughs> and so they start describing the ice court and, um, Matthias starts, um, well, Matthias starts describing the ice court mm-hmm. and says that it's built in concentric circles like the rings of a tree. First the ring wall, then the outer circle, and it's divided into three sectors. Mm-hmm. Beyond that's the ice moat. Then at the center of everything, the white island. 
Um, and so as Wyland's sketching, Jesper tells him, it looks kind of like a cake. Um, <laughs> and Wyland's like, well, it sort of is a cake. The whole mm-hmm. thing is built on a rise. Um, and Kaz is just letting the children bicker yes. and tells Matthias to continue. And Matthias says that the cliffs are unscalable, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, the northern road is the only way in or out, and you'll have to get through a guarded checkpoint before you can reach the ring wall. Then Wyland's like, um, there are two checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was there, there were two. And Kaz kind of proves himself again. He, like He keeps <laughs> being like, see, I'm so smart. I told you he was going to come in handy. Um, and so... Uh, they continue, um, they're, they're asking why two checkpoints shouldn't one be enough. And um, Matthias says that it's harder to bribe two sets of guards and mm-hmm. that the security at the ice court is always built or is always changing and was built with multiple fail safes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthias is like, when you, and Kaz interrupts and we, Matthias, we, we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, nah, you're not getting out of your part of this. Yeah. And then Matthias says, if we make it that far, the outer circle is split into three sectors. The prison, the Druskela facilities, and the embassy. um, Each with its own gate in the ring wall. So this is, these these two pages essentially Mm -hmm. are a lot of description. So you can really visualize the ice court. Because we're going to get there later. Spoiler. It's not a spoiler. That's what we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah, that's the heist. (laughs) That is the heist. And so um, we get a sense of what what it is and so then Matthias tells him that if Bo Yolbayer is in the white or sorry um I missed a part so Kaz asks him where Bo Yolbayer would be in Mm -hmm. the ice court and he says well probably in in the prison um on the top floor because that's where they keep the most dangerous criminals assassins terrorists and Nina's like Gracia he's like yeah yeah, your point. Oh my gosh. They have, it, again, it's clear they have a history. They're going through it. They are. We just need to have a conversation and talk about our feelings. Maybe mm-hmm. go to some therapy. You know what? They all need therapy. They do all need therapy. Um, they've been through it. <laughs> but, um, Honestly. Jesper jokes at that because it's very clear that Matthias and Nina are angry with each other. They're going through it. And Jesper's like, usually people don't start hating each other until a week into the job. But you two have a head start. <laughs> Always the com- always, always the comedian, <laughs> and so even though Matthias said Bo Yolbayer will probably be in this part of the prison, um, uh, he also continues describing the ice court and says the buildings on the outer circle surround the ice moat, and the moat center is the White Island where the treasury and the royal palace are. It's the most secure place in the ice court, and Kaz is like, well, that's where and Bo Yolbayer is. is going to be, um, and then Matthias is like, well, this is pointless. You're never going to get there. I know mm-hmm. all the security they have. There is absolutely no chance that you will um, be able to get to the center of the ice court. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nina then speaks up and says, Ring Scala is coming up. Is it? Are we going to go Ring Scala? I feel like it's like a... It's like a... It's a... Like a... Like a... Like a... Like a... Like Ring Scala. Like... Ring Scala. Yeah. Ring... I don't know. It's, it's a holiday. <laughs> we'll go with Ring Scala. It's spelled... H-R-I-N-G-S-K-A-L-L-A. So yeah. it's probably supposed to have like the, not phlegmy, but like the throat. Like the deep. The guttural yeah. throat yes, the sound. Um, there we go. 
I'm not going to try to do that because that that's where I draw the line. At. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a lot of noises, but <laughs> but that's not it. Um, and so Ring Scala's coming up, and <laughs> Matthias. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Stop talking! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and now they know. Uh, she mentions that Matthias says, "Be silent," and Cass says, "Pray don't." <laughs> a little shit. I love him so much. He's he knows um the relationships between everyone. Like he has yes. so much information in his little noggin and he is just using it all to his advantage. Yes. And we see like in his point of view chapters that mm-hmm. every single thing he does is calculated including how he portrays himself to others. Mm-hmm. And so all of this persona is like with it's designed to disarm people, to make them so mad at him that they don't do other things like just so mm-hmm. good. So good. So Nina says that this holiday is coming up. Matthias gets mad and tells her that she has no right to speak of such things because they're holy. Um, and so Nina explains that Ring Scala <laughs> is the day of listening. Nina said facts don't care about your feelings. Oh, yeah, Well, you know what? With with the Triskela and their points of view. and <laughs> <laughs> They earned some of this. They earned it. Um, so Nina describes that uh, Ringskala is the day of listening, and it's when the new Driskela are initiated on the White Island. Mm-hmm. And Matthias is, like, having a panic attack. <laughs> Matthias, he is. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a breakdown. <laughs> um, and she also says that uh, they bring in entertainers in for this festival, mm-hmm. including entertainers from Ketterdam. Specifically um, from the pleasure houses. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> which is funny, because... They're so high and mighty. Yeah. Jesper says, I thought the Fjordims didn't go for that sort of thing. Uh, and... <laughs> Inej cannot... Even Inej can't help herself from taking digs at the Fjordims. <laughs> um, and Nina says, it's the one day a year that they all stop acting so miserable and actually let themselves have a good time. <laughs> and she says, only the Druskela are the ones who live like monks. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Freaking homeschooled student Matthias says, a good time needn't involve wine and and flesh. Not the homeschool. <laughs> Matthias, flesh and wine is a good time. Like, Miho, come on, come on. Um, and, and then she pops right back with, you wouldn't know a good time if it sidled up to you and stuck a lollipop in your mouth. Like, y'all, just work stuff out already, please. <laughs> they are, they're arguing with each other, but it is so clear that they have, they, they have their feelings. There's history there. They, they are feeling feelings. Yes. Um, and, uh, so they are, um, they're like, oh, well, we can sneak in through being entertainers. And Cass mm-hmm. like, they're vetted, we- or sorry, Matthias says that the visitors are vetted weeks before they arrive at the ice court. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't just sneak in. And uh, Nina's like, not all of them. <laughs> yes. And then Kaz, again, joking, is like, don't poke the bear, Nina. Right. Um, and he asks when... Ring Scala takes place, and Nina tells him that it's seasonal, and it's on the spring equinox. And Inej is, like, two weeks from today. Convenient. Oh, my goodness. Um, again, poor Matthias is, like... Yes. He is going through it. This is this is part of his religion. It's part of who he is. It's part of his culture. And they're yes. just sharing it. It's like if heathens kidnapped someone 
and started being like, so we're going to steal. It's literally like the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> like, that's it, but times a million to him right now. It's like, you know, in Wife Swap where they find two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where they find two completely opposite I'm thinking opposite of that families. emo kid packing up his suitcase and being like, I'm not listening to her. <laughs> the chicken nugget kid. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, it's true. <laughs> so anyway, it's... Really quickly, there's this great part. It says, Kaz cocked his head to one side, his eyes focused on something in the distance. And Jasper whispers to Anesh, scheming face? And she says, definitely. It's... <laughs> they just know, again, who he is. And Kaz is asking, is the White Rose sending a delegation? Nina says, no. Um, and they're trying to figure out a way to get there and securing documents. Mm-hmm. Um and then <laughs> so funny. I uh, what is it Um Kaz is like always hu- always hit where the mark isn't looking. And Wyland says, Who's Mark? <laughs> and Jesper has the same reaction that we're having right now. He's like, Oh my gosh, you literal fetus. You don't know anything. And um Wyland's trying to trying to make himself yes. look better. He's like I may have not had your education, but I sure know plenty of words that you don't. <laughs> and Jesper, drop of a hat. Just did not also, even. Also, the proper way to fold a napkin and dance a minuet. Oh, and you can play the flute. Marketable skills, Mergely. Marketable skills. Just just antagonizing <laughs> him so badly. And Wyland comes back <laughs> with what he thinks is a good He really comeback. thinks he's doing it to he's him. Like, no one dances the minuet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And then this is another great... um, I think about this all the time. Yeah, a great dialogue where you get where who each of them are as Mm -hmm. individuals. And Kaz says, what's the easiest way to steal a man's wallet? (laughs) Knife to the throat? Asked Inej. Gun to the back? Jesper said. Poison in his cup? Suggested Nina. You're all horrible, said (laughs) Matthias. And you just get exactly... It's just perfect. I think if... I mean, I've said it before. I've said it a gajillion times and I really need to stop saying it because y'all are going to get sick of hearing it. No, it's true though. Um, But we get such a good description of who these characters are as individuals, who they are within the group, Mm -hmm. um, their entire persona. But if I had to sum it up with just one little blurb from this book, it would be this. Yes, it's true. It is just done. It's so true. (laughs) I think about what Kaz says next all the time. (laughs) Yes. So he rolls his eyes and he says, the easiest way to steal a man's wallet is to tell him you're going to steal his watch. You take his attention and you direct it where you want it to go. King Skrull is going to do that job for us. The ice court will have to divert resources to monitoring guests and protecting the royal family. They can't be looking everywhere at once. And then like at another point, I think, I can't remember if it's in this book or in Crooked Kingdom, where it's like, you know, if you want to steal somebody's wallet, like you put up a sign saying like careful pickpockets in the area and then people watch because you see that sign and you pat where all of your valuables are like oh i still have everything and somebody just saw you do all that and now they're gonna come steal your stuff last time you traveled in the spring when you traveled um, i thought about that yeah, jordan texted me while she was traveling <laughs> and said i just felt from my phone and wallet in my pocket Oh, I forgot I did. Yeah, she's like, I just felt for my phone and wallet in my pocket and thought to myself, what an idiot, Casabrecht would already have this off of me. And so. It's true. It's true because I finished. I did. I finished Six of Crows and started Cooking Kingdom on a work trip. And I was like, I'm a good mark. I'm a pigeon. Oh. 
but you know what? Lee Bardugo saving people from getting Truly. pickpocketed because you know what? Jordan has not done that since. I haven't, and I still have all my belongings. <laughs> not that <Not> wood. <laughs> and so through this conversation, we're realizing that Kaz has a plan, and he's asking Matthias more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, asks him if the elder clock is still functional and how often it chimes. Um, and so they are. Um, Everyone's kind of trying to figure out what what Kaz's plan is. Mm-hmm. And we find, this is also important to know, only Nina and Matthias speak Fjordan. Um, and Wylan says, I, I speak Fjordan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been taught, like, basic It's basic like the difference phrases. between real Spanish and classroom Spanish. Yes. And so um, there's some more back and forth between Wylan and Jesper. So good. It's so cute. Um, and so Kaz is formulating this plan, um, and they, um, are trying to figure out what it is, and Kaz essentially tells them, we enter as we are, as criminals. The prison is our front door. Mm-hmm. And Matthias is like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Huh? Um, and so, uh, Kaz comes up with this plan because... They're going to be worried about everyone else who's coming in. They're not going to be worried about the prisoners. Um, they can relatively easily forge those documents. Um, and, like, yes, they will mm-hmm. look at who they are. Um, but once they're in the prison, Kaz can pick the locks. They can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, he even says, you let me take care of the cells because we know that he is a good lock picker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Inej says that <laughs> um, you got to hit where the mark isn't looking because they're going to be looking at, they're going to be double and triple checking all the mm-hmm. entertainers who are coming in, all the guests, but they're not going to double and triple check the inmates who are coming yeah. in, the criminals. And so um, Inej then asks, will Bo Bayer actually come willingly? And... Um, Kaz says that the council gave him a code word when they first tried to get him out of his home country of Shuhan um, so they can trust, um, so he knows who to trust. And the mm-hmm. code word is Seshuea? Seshuea. Um, and they're asking what it means, and Nina says heartsick. And she's not looking at anyone when she mm. says it because she's a little heartsick for Matthias. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, she knows at this point Ravkin, Kirch, um, uh, Fjordin, and Shuhan. Yeah. Uh, so she is a polyglot, super useful in her line of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cass says that it can be done, and we're we have to be the ones to do it. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's kind of coming to the realization maybe it can be done. <laughs> um, yes, that's like the magic of Cass mm-hmm. is that he can make you believe he doesn't believe in you. But mm-hmm. he can make you believe in him so much mm-hmm. that you're like, we can actually do this. Sneaky. He's a good manager. Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> and even Matthias is is kind of realizing, oh, maybe they can do this. Because he <laughs> he kind of said yes because he thought that just it mess was not up. possible. That there's yeah. no way. But joke's on him. <laughs> and... Um, so as they're realizing, okay, maybe we can do this, Inej looks at the sketch that mm-hmm. Wylan had made and starts tracing it, and she says, it really does look like the rings of a tree. And Cass says, no, it looks like a target. Like a bullseye. Oh, so good. Ugh. 
<laughs> so, I so good. And that is the end of chapter eight. Do you have anything to add for no, that? No, I got everything in that I wanted to. Um, and so now we're starting chapter nine, and this one is in Kaz's point of view. Uh, so good. Um, and so Kaz tells them that they're done. Yeah. He's basically like, class dismissed. <laughs> He's like, I have a plan, and I'm going to work on it, and I'll tell you guys what you need to know when you need to know it, which is nothing. Yeah, which is to say nothing. Kaz be, you ain't going to find out shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he says that he'll send word when he has a ship. But be ready to go by tomorrow night. <laughs> and so he's going through the plan in his head and working out all the details, um, leaving no room for error. And so as he's kind of going through everything internally, he tells Jesper to watch Wyland. Mm-hmm. And Jesper's like, why do I have to watch him? And Wyland's like, why do I need someone to watch me? And he's like, well, then you can watch Jesper. Mm-hmm. You know what? Kaz, Kaz is a, he, he, he ships them. It's put, true. He puts them together from the beginning. It's he knows. true. He knows. It's like Ivan with um, Mal and Alina. Yes. <laughs> Kaz with Wyland and Jesper. Yes. It's true. <laughs> um, and he gives everyone else a task to do. Um, and let me see. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I lost my point. You're good. Can we pause this? I'm, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Apologies about that. I had to go through my notes and the book. Um, so he tells Jesper to watch Wylan, um, tells Wylan to watch <laughs> Jesper, um, Nina asks, what are they going to do with Matthias? And she was trying to make it seem like she wasn't interested in what they were going to do. And the mm-hmm. only person who believed that she was disinterested was Matthias. Everyone mm. else is like, girl, Ugh. girl. Of course he's the only one dense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... So then Kaz tells them not a word to anyone. No one is to know you're leaving Courage. You are working with me on a job at a country house outside the city. That's all. So keeping it close to the chest, no one needs to know because it's more opportunities for the plan to be foiled um, and uh, for something to go wrong, which is Mm -hmm. why he doesn't tell anyone anything. He keeps it close to his chest because the more people who know, the more factors he has to consider. And he does not want that. Nope. And then um, he, they ask him if he's going to tell them anything, and he says that he will tell them on the boat mm-hmm. <laughs> once they are out of the city, because the less they know, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then tells Inej to have two guards posted outside the door for Matthias, because he's going to stay. They're in the Crow Club right now. Yep. Um, and so he, he's gonna, they're going to stay there overnight, and this is just so he won't get out. Um and then he tells Wyland that they need to go over everything he knows about his dad's business. And Wyland tells him that he doesn't know anything. Kaz questions it at first, but leaves it because he actually believes him. Yeah. He's like, you've never snooped around? And Wyland's like, no. And he's they like, leave hmm. it at that. Um, breadcrumbs. <laughs> I just drew a little face. Because I didn't realize that was dropped in that early. I was yeah. like, oh. Um, and then uh, after, once they drop that, uh, and Matthias asks to talk to Kaz alone. And Inej is a little weary about it. And then Kaz mm-hmm. tells her to leave. And his internal monologue is like, does she not think I can take him? Does, I, I can do this. I can do it. Does she really not think I can? Does she think I need her <laughs> He literally, here? she didn't think he could handle a lump of country muscle. <laughs> like Matthias Helvar. A lump of country muscle. Good grief, Cass. You're such a dick. <laughs> I love him so much. He's, um, you know what? 
that is, I think that's Kaz's insecurity speaking a maybe, little bit. Maybe, maybe. That have, could be a moment of unreliable narrator. <laughs> <laughs> we have Nina's description of Matthias that it's like he was carved out of steel. Mm-hmm. He's really strong. His time in Hellgate means he's like 0% body fat yeah. right now. Like he's he like etched out. Chiseled. Yes. His jaw could cut rocks. And Kaz is like. <laughs> Lump of country muscle. Hmm. But in the, literally the next two sentences, he's talking about how his leg hurts. Yeah. Because remember, he walks with Cain, and it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tells Inej, it's fine. Like, that, you can leave. And as soon as he, she closes the door, <laughs> Matthias lunges at Kaz. But Matthias, or sorry, but Kaz was expecting it. Um, but then Matthias puts his hand over Kaz's mouth, and that mm. freaks him out, because again, he has an aversion to touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I read this, and I was like, you know what? Again, the hand, the touch, I don't... Mm-hmm. Eh. Not about it. Icky. No, thank you. And he um, even says, like, because he'd been anticipating it, he'd managed to kind of get over some of it in his head, but he's still, like, about to, like, throw up. Like, screaming, crying, throwing He up. really is. Like, <laughs> bad touch. <laughs> and so Kaz was expecting this um, and takes him down pretty easily with the help of his cane and hits his arms, like, twice, so now both his arms <laughs> are numb. Big, yes. Um, and Matthias was looking for the pardon, so he was, like, reaching through the pockets of Kaz's coat trying to mm-hmm. find the pardon that he had put back in there minutes prior doesn't have it uh, and then when Matthias is on the ground and does not have <laughs> use of either of his arms Kaz pulls it out of a pocket that Matthias had already searched <laughs> yes and then literally starts doing street magic and yeah. <laughs> he, he literally paralyzes him and then Chris Angel's his captive audience like it's here now it's there now it's blank now there's stuff on it and you can't do a thing about it you lump of country muscle <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and then um, Matthias calls him Demjin. Um, demon. Demjin? Yeah. Demjin. I would say. Demjin. I don't know. Maybe Demjin. Demjin. But we've been doing other J's as yeah. J's and not Y's. So Demjin, I think, is good. Demjin. Demjin. Whatever. Demon is what yes. it is. <laughs> and again, the sleight of hand. <laughs> um, Kaz is like, <laughs> no, I'm not a demon, but um, I practice my... I'm a huge fan of Chris Angel, mm-hmm. huge fan of David Copperfield, and I <laughs> I have practiced a lot. Yes. <laughs> and um, he uh, tells him that you think a year in Hellgate hardened you up, taught you to fight? Hellgate would have been paradise to me as a child. You move like an ox. You'd last about two days on the streets where I grew up. This was your one free pass, Hellbar. Don't test me again nod so i know you understand oh my lord who dramatic (laughs) so dramatic but he has to lay on the menace yeah but again we just finished the chapters where it's talking about how bad hellgate was right like there has to be some hyperbole here (laughs) spoilers not much not not really um so we think kaz is being dramatic Mm -hmm. which he is in a sense he is he's definitely playing up his dirty hands bash over the barrel here because he knows that if Matthias was in full health fighting form, it would probably be a pretty even match yeah. or he might even be physically outmatched. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason I beat my brother up when he was little. He wouldn't probably be, be physically outmatched. He, he would be. be. I'm no. just imagining like the actors. Yes. But. So good. No, literally it's the same reason I beat my brother up when we were little because <laughs> I'm six years older than him and I knew that he was going to be bigger than me one day. So I put in the work while he was little so that no matter how big he got, he still didn't mess with me. Fair enough. I'm same a twin, thing. so. 
My twin brother and I, that did not work out. I'm, well. I'm the oldest of three, and I'm also the smallest and, like, not the smallest, the shortest, the blindest, <laughs> the most arthritic, so I had to put in the work really early. I literally have a cataract in one eye, and I'm only 26. Jordan's so, going through it over here. I am. So, <laughs> I had to put in the work to make sure the respect would be there now that I'm elderly and infirm. Back in my prime when I was 12. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You can find my GoFundMe at... <laughs> Look, you know, the first episode of Six of Crows was so good, and I feel like we're just in a little bit of a giggly fest. That's okay. That's fine. That's still good. Um, and so, after his dramatic reenactment... Not so I know you understand. Okay, Batman. <laughs> his dramatic reenactment of his childhood. Not a reenactment. Um, he leaves. And he before he leaves, he kicks Matthias in the kidney just to right. let him know who's boss. Matthias has been in prison for a year. He just fought multiple wolves. Wolves, like... Like, Matthias is having a very bad day. <laughs> Matthias Halvar on the No Good Bear Bad Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. So, that is the end of Chapter 9. And, again, we get even more of a sense that Kaz knows what's happening. He knows who is doing what he has a plan he anticipates everything mm-hmm. um and matthias is like i'm i'm gonna go again we get that we get more of a sense of matthias because he is an action guy kaz is a plan it's true then act matthias is a action ass- figure it out assess mm-hmm. but not fully and no. once i'm in it i'll figure it out yeah he does he does a quick scan and then he goes for it mm-hmm um, and so now on to chapter 10, we are in Inej's point of view. Um, and so we start the chapter, it's it's a day later, mm-hmm. um, over the next day, Inej and Kaz really are putting the pieces together. Um, Kaz gives people tasks and they're doing it, um, but they, no one knows everything mm-hmm. about the plan. Um, but that's how Kaz operates. That's how he likes it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like people to know. The less they know, the better. And um, Inej, <laughs> Inej knows more than any of the other crows, mm-hmm. but she still doesn't know everything. Which is to say not much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, they, uh, oh my gosh, where are we? Um, Inej knows they still don't know everything. That's how she operates. And she asks Kaz why he thinks they can do it when there's going to be professionals on Mm -hmm. the job. There's going to be multiple people trying to get this guy out of prison. Yeah, like, Boyul Bayor is, like, Mm -hmm. a subject of international interest. Mm -hmm. He is... I'm trying to... I don't know who to compare him to. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. Um, And so, uh, when she asks, why do you think we can do it? Like, we are actual children. No, literally. (laughs) We are literal children. Um, and he tells her that this isn't a job for trained soldiers and spies. It's a job for thugs and thieves. Um, and that's why that they're doing it. And she tells him, you can't spend his money if you're dead. Talking about Van X money. And he says, mm-hmm. I'll acquire expensive habits in the afterlife. And he says that just to piss her off. Mm-hmm. He does because he Ugh. doesn't He doesn't believe in a God, doesn't have saints, and Inej does. Um, and so he... They get into a little little bit of a tiff because mm-hmm. he's still trying to rile her up, trying to make it seem like it doesn't bother him. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that if he wants a sermon, he, he knows who to come to. Um, but if she wants out, 
just say so. Which that was a low. He blow. should not have said that. Like, oof. he knows she needs this job to pay off mm-hmm. her indenture. And so in the book it says her spine straightened, her own pride rising to her defense. Um, and she tells him, Matthias isn't the only replaceable member of this crew, Kaz. You need me. And then he says, I need your skills. And as I wrote the Ugh. notes in my book, Kaz, shut up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's like in the show, Ugh. we get a little bit of this. Yes. Um, when he calls Inej an investment. Oh my god. That is not how you flirt, Kaz. You don't call someone an investment. No, and this is from Inej's point of view, so mm-hmm. she's like, you bastard. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But his I... internal monologue is like, he literally says stuff and then he's like, I bet she hates me. Why'd I say that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Think maybe, before you speak. Maybe don't say it then. You think about everything else you say. I know. Except when he's with, talking to With an edge, he lets the intrusive thoughts win. And honestly. they don't do a good job. No. Um, and anyway, he's dumb and doesn't know how to flirt um, in mm-hmm. the book or the show. No, <laughs> like, he just... He's I stupid. need your skills. You're an investment. Bro. Yes. It's like he forgets that he doesn't have to play the part of dirty hands with an edge and sometimes yes. whenever he allows himself to forget that he punishes himself mm-hmm. by immediately overcompensating yeah it's it's, it's true good. he shows her just a little bit of his humanity and she's like oh, oh. maybe he is just a boy and, and he, he realizes like, that he oh. did it and he's like but i'm the bastard of the barrel and you're replaceable and it's like home oh, boy Ugh, and they really are 17 yeah Wow. I forget that. We mentioned it 10 times, but um. <laughs> I forget that too cuz we're sitting here with our fully developed prefrontal cortex cortices like why aren't they doing this? And it's like cuz they don't have fully informed decision making capabilities mm-hmm. yet. Um which for not having a fully formed prefrontal cortex, Kaz is he's on it, man. Yeah. Um I couldn't do this if I was no. 70. I can do this now. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so he says that he only needs her skills, and mm. um, so she didn't say anything, and she just wanted to sh- show him how angry that she was, so um, she just left his office and hadn't talked to him in a day, which is kind of like, a big deal, because they have this really big heist coming up. Yes. Um, but, hey, this is her own defiance. Yep. She's ghosting him right now. Mm-hmm. And so... She's racing him right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she is. And so now she's headed towards the harbor um, uh, because they're getting ready to leave on on this expedition, on this heist. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's thinking she could leave any time. Like, she could sneak onto a boat. She could get out of there. But she's built the skills that she could abandon her mm -hmm. uh, her debt if she wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, But she doesn't want to leave them high and dry because Kaz got her out of this situation. She says... She she owes him nothing. Uh, there's no reason for her to stay. Um, but she kind of goes back to a Suli saying from mm-hmm. um, from when she was young. And so we get kind of a flashback to, to her childhood. But the Suli saying is the heart is an arrow. It demands aim to land true. And mm-hmm. it's something that her father said. And so it's be decisive. Like make your own decisions. Know where you have to, where you want to go before you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little bit more of her recounting her childhood and her parents. And she hasn't seen them in a very, very long time because she was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we get the a background on the relationship of her parents oh. and how much they loved each other. Um, and like the flowers that her dad would get for her mom and 
It makes me sad to read that because she's she's 17 remembering her childhood and she's still a child and hasn't had a childhood yes. um, for years. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but she goes through this and then she thinks um, that she doesn't know what she's aiming for now because mm-hmm. she does have this loyalty to the dregs, mostly Kaz, um, but she could leave and go try to find her parents Um but there's this loyalty and, again, that morality of that mm-hmm. she he got her out of an awful situation and put her in a more ideal situation. Not great, but No, but better. A, a, sensation, a situation that's allowed her to empower herself. Yes. Because I wouldn't even say that he empowered her. Mm-hmm. He just gave her an environment where she could more easily mm-hmm. empower herself. Uh-huh. Cass, good boss. Yeah. Good boss. Um, and she's thinking to herself as she's walking, just this minute I'll settle for an apology, she decided, and I won't board that boat without one. Even if Kaz isn't sorry, he can pretend. He at least owes me his best imitation of a human being. And God knows he tells himself that (laughs) at points. They, all these couples in Six of Crows, they just need to have a conversation. They truly do. As someone who has a communications degree... Have, just talk. Just talk it out. Yes, it's like, just out. talk. <laughs> and so um, she's continuing on, and she's thinking to herself that if she hadn't been running late, she would have looped around West Dave, so a, a specific part of the city, mm-hmm. um, and traveled over the rooftops, but um, Kaz had sent her on, like, a last-minute um, mission to find some paraffin <laughs> oh yes yeah, he didn't tell her what it was for but she just had to go and so she's like okay i guess so and she's exhausted after getting matthias out of hellgate after getting all the things that kaz needed um mm-hmm. that she was walking a certain that she was she was rushing and walking a safer way so like not on rooftops mm-hmm. to get to the harbor and she ugh, this part breaks my heart i know um, oh my gosh it says she never walked west stave alone and so if we remember west stave is where the brothels are mm-hmm. um and that is where the menagerie is where she was yep and she says she never walks walked in west stave alone she always had the drags at her side and when they were there she could walk by the menagerie without glancing towards it without thinking about it because she she had other people there she was protected but tonight she was by herself, and as she's walking by, she it oh my God. it looks like a cage. Like it's on purpose yeah. designed to look like mm-hmm. a cage, and on purpose designed to. I mean, it's in the name, the menagerie. It's to exoticize mm-hmm. all of these women. And as she's walking by, it, her heart is just pounding. It's she. We're gonna have to put like a trigger warning because it's oh, yeah, just like it's awful. It is not good. Um, I mean, she's a child remembering this, like, this awful, awful trauma. Mm-hmm. And in the menagerie, like Jordan said, um, it's it, it's the exotics. Like, people were looking for a certain kind of girl. It's like the fetishization mm-hmm. of all these different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, which is disgusting, mm-hmm. and it, it's heartbreaking, and it's a really good description of it um, because you you see how awful of a situation it was and mm-hmm. how just just disgusting all of it is. Um, and so as Inej is walking by, she sees the peacock feathers in the parlor and it, it makes her heart skip a beat because um, Tanta Helene wears peacock feathers. It's designed to look like a peacock yeah. cage. Well, and they don't even, like, because I just got to the point where 
that's going to happen. They don't even refer to these girls by mm-hmm. their names or even by, like, their nationalities, which still wouldn't be okay, but would at least impart to them some aspect of, like, humanity and agency. They liken them to animals and go by the animal names. Disgusting. It's so awful. Um, and so as she's walking by, she's in her head trying to think... How, how would Kaz react in a situation mm-hmm. like this? How how can I how can I do it? And so she she's thinking, okay, I can do what Kaz does. If I can get I can get through this. And she's she forced herself to look at the menagerie as she passed. And she's saying to herself, it's just a place. It's just another house. Um, what would Kaz see? Um, yeah, he he would see how to how to pick this place apart, how to get out. Um, and uh, she's like, I'm the predator now. It's not Helene. Like I I I can do this. I can do this. Um, and as soon as she's out of sight of the menagerie, so she passed it, she doesn't see it, the feeling in her chest starts to subside. She starts to, um, be calm again. And as soon as she's starting to calm down, um, she's, she's like, if I can do this, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. I, I can, I can go to fear. Like this is, yeah, I can walk by it by myself at night. Um, and I can, I'm okay. I can do anything. And as soon as she's thinking that, as soon as she's calming down, a hand grabs her and yanks her off her feet. Um, and she, like, gets her balance quick um, and turns around. Um, but someone's, like, still grabbing her. Mm-hmm. And they say, hello, little lynx, um, which was her name at the menagerie. Mm-hmm. And it's Tanta Helene. Um who is the... Ugh, we have some bad villains. We have some really bad villains in Six of Crows. But I just feel like this is a whole different level yeah. of evil. Yeah. Um, this isn't... This is... Not like the Darkling, who was evil, and yes, is bad and horrible, and like, he is not written for you to like him, but you could, to an extent, understand why he was doing what he was mm-hmm. doing, or how he justified it to himself. Yeah. His is, his is like manipulation mm-hmm. and and a means to an end this is exploitation he's like a fantasy villain mm-hmm. like the big bad the six of crows villains could exist in real life and do, do exist, exist in, in real, real life. life jinx that was not that is not the time to do that <laughs> um yeah that is true which makes it just all, all, all that much worse because I'm, yeah look we're not going to have a Darkling who can do shadows and go, ooh, and Mm-mm. go, lights off. <laughs> We're not going to have that. No. But we do have people. But there's a Vanek who can tell the right politician the right thing for the right price. And there's a Helene who can sell children into unsavory situations. And there we'll see more mm-hmm. as we go through the series. And they're much more realistic villains, which is... It makes the books very, like, intriguing and everything, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, very sobering. I mean, this is the second time. I'm, I'm reading this for the second time going through this, but, like, and discussing it. It's just, like, it, my stomach is in knots. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's just awful. It's, yeah. Not great. So, it's Tanta Helene, and Inej tries, she turns to run, but her path is blocked by um, someone who works for Elaine. Uh, or Helene, um, his name is Cobbett. Mm-hmm. Idiot. It's a weird name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's apparently Helene's favorite enforcer. And she says, oh, no, you don't, little lynx. Disgusting. <laughs> and so Inej, it says that her vision is blurring and she just feels trapped. She's 
she this is like just her, having a panic attack. This is her worst fear come true. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's telling she says that's not my name. Um, and she's trying to move. She's saying everything in her is screaming at her to mm-hmm. get out of there to move. She can get out of there. She's the wraith. Like she can figure out a way yeah. out, but. Her her body is locked. Yeah, she's having tonic immobility. Mm-hmm. And Helene, oh, this is since chills down my spine. Mm-hmm. Um, raises a single manicured talon, not a finger, no. talon, which is a better way to describe it, along mm-hmm. her cheek, um, and says, "Lynx is your only name." And says, "You're mm. still pretty enough to fetch a good price." Um, it's just you no. Know. And so Helene is essentially threatening. To take her back to the menagerie um, mm-hmm. and to put her back where she was before Kaz got her out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh. And Inej is in her mind, well, she says, she's like, you yeah. wouldn't dare, like, the dregs would come after you. Like, yeah. She's trying like it would to. would be illegal. Mm-hmm, she's trying to justify it to herself. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just saying, I'll bide my time. You'll wear my silks again. I promise. And then just walks away. And Inej is there terrified, um, shaking, and mm-hmm. she realizes, she's like, I have to keep going, I have to keep going. Um, she wants to sprint away, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Again, this is her worst fear come to life. Like, she f- was finally getting over it. She could finally walk by it by herself, and then, yep, she was there. Um so as she's walking, um, she feels her the knives um, that she has on her because remember she has a lot, and we actually we get, get their names. We get their names, and so we have Sancta Peter, Petir, Peter, Petir, Sancta Petir, renowned for his bravery, and then we also <laughs> have uh, the slender bone handled blade. She named Sancta Alina on the oh. left, um, which. Sancta Alina, um, it's actually for Alina Starkov, mm-hmm. because in, in uh, Inej's religion, they consider her a saint. Um, and then we have her other knife, Sancta Maria, Maria, Maria? Yeah, either one. Sancta Anastas- Anastasia, Sancta Vladimir, and Sancta Elisabetta. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so fun going through these after finishing the whole series. Um, in a while, <laughs> that will... <laughs> The blade etched in a pattern of roses. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. So. Cheeky. There you so go. So cheeky. Um, wow. So, if y'all are following along, hopefully you, I mean, maybe you're reading this along with us, and that is great. Um, but if not, and you have read the books, you know where we get Sancta Elisabetta from. Mm-hmm. If not, this is a little little bit of a spoiler. Not even a spoiler. Just no, a. No, it's, it's a little. What, what would we call it? I don't it? even it's know. a little. It's a mystery tool that will come in handy later. <laughs> it is, though. Yes, it is. The knife and the reference. Oh, my Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. So, I know. I, you have to sit back and wonder how far in advance she planned everything. Oh. If it's here in Six of Crows, she probably has, like, a master spreadsheet, like, conspiracy-looking board with the red lines and everything. So. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Um, Would love to see her process. I mean, we have given props to 
the phenomenal author that is Lee Bardugo multiple times in this. Yes. Um, but I will say, this is the only book I have ever read and finished it and thought, man, I wish I could read this for the first time I again. know. Oh, my gosh. Because there's so... It's there's just so, so much. Um, so I'm glad we're doing this. Yes. But anyway, Inej is um, going through the knives on her. They're all named after saints. Um, and that's what comforts her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of she she's in her head about what just happened. She's like, I have nothing to fear uh, from Tantaline any longer. Like she doesn't own my contract. I have a contract with Per Haskell. Like I'm a very valued member of the drags. Like even though regardless mm-hmm. of what Cass says, they need me, and I'm the best at what I do. Yeah. Um, and so she's trying to justify it to herself, trying to make herself feel better. Which <sighs> I just like. I know, and you you think, you know, if Cass knew that this was going to happen, mm-hmm. he would have never said that to her. Absolutely. But, 100%. But he didn't know. Also, if Cass knew that Tante Helene was going to be there, he never would have sent her to go get the, the mm-hmm. wax. Like, no. Because um, he really likes her and would do every anything in his power to protect her. It's true. Um, so she continues on, and she is um, reaching the harbors, and she can finally take a breath again. And so where she is, she can see um, what is described as a Tidemaker's Tower. And so Tidemakers um, are a type of Grisha who can um, manipulate the tide water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the Tidemaker Tower, it says lights always burned. Um, and there is actually a select group of Grisha who keep the tides permanently high over the land bridge. Otherwise, they would have... Um, that otherwise would have connected Kirch to Shuhan. So mm-hmm. there's these special Grisha who keep the tide where it is and manipulate it at all times. But Kaz doesn't even know the identities of the Council of Tides. So no one crazy. knows who they are. They can't be bribed. They can't be bought because um, their job is too important. The fact that Kaz doesn't know who they are is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she continues on, um, and typically there um, might be, like, the harbor master or a dock worker who would um, signal if anything was going wrong, but bribes have been paid, um, and she was, uh, their ship should be ready to sail. Yeah. And so she eventually starts running because she kind of realizes, like, oh, okay, I'm a little late. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knew that Kaz was going to be upset at her for being late because she was, she's perfect, essentially, at yeah. what she does. Um. But as she's going, she's like, she's there's some peace, and she's away from Tante Helene. It's quiet. It's not in the city. It's not busy. They're at the harbor. There's water. You know, if you if you go to the mm-hmm. go to the beach, or if you're near, I mean, whenever I'm near water, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I love it. And as she's going, she notes it's almost too quiet after after everything. Um, and so she's going. And then a cold sweat breaks out on her spine. She just kind of chalks it up to being the interaction with Tante Helene. Mm -hmm. Um, And she still goes. She's running. She's running. Um, We just... There's a description of the mist rising off the water. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, through that, she can see um, Kaz and the others who are at the pier, they're waiting for her, they're waiting for the boat, and they are in disguises mm-hmm. <laughs> as sailors. We got um, Kaz's magic closet <laughs> of disguises. That's true. <laughs> and so they're all dressed as sailors, and as Inej is looking at them, um, she's counting, and and she realizes that the number was off. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking, well, maybe, because it's a small crew, um, the like smaller, bare the better. minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skeleton crew. 
Um, and so she's thinking, well, maybe they're already on the ship. Like, that's that's kind of weird. Um, and she's going, she's going, and then while she's thinking, the number's off, but, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. And then she hits something soft with her foot, um, and it is a person. Um, <laughs> and she looked down, she sees Dirix, who's uh, one of the members of the dregs who had who was supposed to... Be on the part of the crew. Mm-hmm, who, who was supposed to be on the boat with them. And he was dead. Um, he had a knife in his stomach. <laughs> Um, and so she sees that and she shout. she immediately knows something is wrong. She mm-hmm. shouts for Kaz, but as she does that, the boat that they're next to explodes and she's mm-hmm. knocked off her feet, um, and the docks are in flames because there's a huge explosion and there's wood, there's wooden boats. They're going to catch on fire mm-hmm. pretty easy. Um, and so everything... Is, is in flames. Yep. And that is the end of chapter 10. That's the end of chapter 10. 10. Which is crazy. Will they be okay? Did Kaz just blow up? Probably not. I but... mean, we're only 10 chapters in, so <laughs> I, I hate to give a spoiler, but, you know. But probably not. But probably not. There's still a lot left. I guess you never know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, we did have, have Yoast in the first chapter. That's true. Never to be heard from again. Rest Poor Yoast. Spaghetti, never forgetting. Never forgetting. Um, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> poor dude. He got he got the raw end of things. I think he really did. Um, but we're leaving this chapter on a cliffhanger. Ooh, because fire is burning through. Mm-hmm. There is a ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Cash is not in this. No, unfortunately. <laughs> you know what? We mentioned Johnny Cash in like the first episode. Did we really? Yeah, it was like. Because, um, or the second episode, because the Darkling wears all black. Like, oh, that's right. If there's ever a guy wearing all black, they're not good. Unless it's Johnny Cash. Yes. Um, so, full circle. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all, when I first watched Shadow and Bone, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't read the books. And so, Kaz came on screen, and I thought, oh, he's the villain. <laughs> Look, this dude comes in in the casino. It's fair. He's it's introduced fair. with a cane smacking on on the card table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a black cane with, with a, a crow a head. Crow head. Um, he's wearing all black. He has mm-hmm. like a black trench coat, a black fedora, and black gloves on mm-hmm. his hand. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me I'm wrong? I'm not. Um, <laughs> I thought he was the villain. Also, I am terrified of birds. And so having a <laughs> crow head cane, I was like, hmm, like, mm. don't love that. He's the bad guy. You know what? I feel like Kaz and the whole touch thing, and then I don't like birds. I just... There's a lot going much. on. There's it's it's emotionally on. charged for you. So, but I thought he was a bad guy. Um, and in his own respect, he is. Yeah. He's not... The good guy. He's not a good guy. He's, but like he's the also not a bad hero. guy. Yeah, I would definitely put him in the same as like a Byronic hero, mm-hmm. like a bad boy type. Yeah, tortured. There you go. That's a better way of putting it. But, um, yeah, I don't think anything. That's actually pretty central to his story. Is an mm-hmm. edge is like, yeah, desperate. Like this proves you're good. He's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> She's like, yes, it does. He's like, actually. He's like, I'd sell you for a corn chip. <laughs> This dude really does not. <laughs> he really wouldn't. Have you seen that bird meme? It's like, I'd sell your soul to the devil for a corn chip. <laughs> like, he wouldn't do that. Oh, but she's, gosh. she's like, constantly looking out for his soul, and he kind of thinks it's funny, and that's why he needles her about it all the time. 
But he's also constantly looking out for her and her well-being. Yes. Which we'll get to next Ugh, week. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything... I, we mentioned the show and anything that happens already. So yep. we'll get more into that in deeper chapters because um, mm-hmm. we get their background a little bit in the show. Um, and like an, an introduction yeah. into them. So, But um, thanks for sticking with us for this long. I know this... This was a this was a long episode and a little weird again in a silly goofy mood. Just a silly goofy mood. Um, I think the Six of Crows episodes are going to be a little bit longer, mm-hmm. just because we like it so much and there's a lot to say yeah. too. Because every there's we get the world building, we get the characters description, we get the other characters description, and we get um, the heist, and we get the heist. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's so much, but we are still so excited to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for listening with us. If you all have questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at two mournerspod at gmail Two is spelled out T W O. Just in case there are multiple <laughs> ways to spell it. Many twos or to be had. I mean, some people might put the letter, the number two, but so it's spelled out. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yep. And as always, happy, happy heisting. heisting, which we'll get to Ooh. in a few chapters. Heist coming. Woo-hoo.